0: one small step per man. One Columbia, Columbia. It's Columbia, the now.
1: Cool. Uh, Let's do it then. Welcome back, everybody, to the... TKW Podcast Special Edition. Uh, it's the end of the season. Things have gone about as well as you thought they might have gone, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna take a look at some of the highlights of the year. So uh, we're your hosts. I'm Anthony Corbo, and I'm Kyle Maggio, and let's do this. Um, so where do you want to start off today? You wanna to, do you want to hop right into awards? You want to kind of reminisce about the season a little bit first, or? What do we think? What was your What was your high point of the season? Let's start there. What Do you feel best about this team?
0: Uh, I think I think when we all felt best about them was when they started fourteen and ten, no? Because yeah. exactly
1: what I was thinking too. Like right away, that that was the moment I feel like everyone was just like this. This might happen. This could be you know Derek Rose Joakim Noah could be for real here, uh, and then we were sorely mistaken.
0: I just that was such a weird time because they had they had a really easy schedule to begin the year and they beat the shit out of or they escaped and beat some uh some easy teams and I was like yeah, I don't want to get too high about it but mm-hmm. g- good teams beat the bad teams so I thought okay well we're doing one part of being a good team right the next would be not getting blown up by the Cavs every game but um I thought we were like heading in the right direction at least and then not to say this was going to be like a fifty-five win team, but I, no. I mean forty. Forty is what I predicted. I, I thought forty yeah, was, was everyone's like high prediction was like somewhere between
1: forty and forty-five, like absolute ceiling.
0: I thought it was reasonable, and then ceiling it just was the
1: roof forty-five wins.
0: <laughs> it, just, it just imploded so miserable. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well. All right. So taking a look at where where everything uh, ended up. The Knicks, the New York Knicks, the New York Knickerbockers, the team we all we all love and hate to love and all that good stuff, have finished with the record of 31 wins and 51 losses. Uh, and they are 12th in the NBA Eastern Conference. Uh, let's see what other good stats we got in here. Finished 19th in points per game, 104.3. Uh, 23rd in defense, 108 points a game given up. Yeah, just kind of everything right around there. That's kind of exactly where we expected it to be. Uh, still sellout crowds. Madison Square
0: Garden ranked fifth in attendance. Um, yeah. If you would have told me that this team, wait, did this team, what was the record last year? Was it thirty wins or thirty two wins? It was thirty. It was thirty. Thirty two. Okay, so if you would have told me this team would have finished with a worse record than last season's team, I would have punched you in the throat. That's kind of
1: amazing to think about. I hadn't even thought about that.
0: Last year, a team that trotted out, Jose Calderon and Aaron Aflalo, Bless up. won one more game. Mind you, this is with a rookie Chris Debs. They won one more game than a team that started Derrick Rose, Courtney Lee, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Porzingis and some semblance of Kyle O'Quinn, Joakim Noah, and uh, Billy Hernan Gomez. That is pathetic. I mean, That's yeah, I the Derek mean, Williams effect. That's plus one points for you, my friend. That is the <laughs> Derek Williams effect. But, but um, I, I don't know because underperform. Everybody had them underperforming a little bit by like their metrics and everything else, and even like the harshest of critics, the lowest I saw was like 35 wins, yeah. 35, 36. So, I saw so a
1: couple of, a couple of guys dip into the twenties, but you thought that was just typical Knicks hatred, but
0: there, there is some, a lot of it is, is deserved, but there is some odd Knicks hatred, which I never understand because the Knicks suck that we're never good. We're never good. Just leave us alone. We know we're not good, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, that's what bothers me a little bit. I, I would have liked to see this. De- I really, honestly, I, I understand the tanking aspect. And hopefully w- we get something good now. Hopefully we uh, end up in the top five by some miraculous stroke of luck. But uh, I really did want to see Chris Tapps get into the playoffs this year. I really did.
1: Yeah, I thought that really was huge for his development. Especially like this would have been a great year for it too because you had Billy breaking out. Yeah, you, know, you could have given them some like time, and not even to win anything. Like, give them give them the chance to get their asses kicked, get it out of the way early, and then you know they could just keep on building from that. I don't know. It's just like I you. I mean, you can see the writing on the wall. Like, it would have been nice to get them in there. It would have been nice to get like you know uh, Chase and Randall in there if he maybe is going to uh you know stick with the team past this season. Some of the younger guys, you know, there was five. Ron Baker would have been maybe nice to get him some playoff experience, too, if he sticks around. But, yeah, I mean, the big part is really Chris Stops and by extension, Billy, too. And it would have been really, I think it would have made for a nice season next year for Chris Stops just to get his ass kicked in the playoffs a little bit.
0: Yeah, And and especially, too, I mean, the way this year has gone, you know, which, again, I I still don't. I heard uh, I've only read his name and never said it out loud. Tom Haberstraw. ESPN. Uh, today I was watching SportsCenter because I finally got internet in my home. And uh, yeah, so uh, I was watching SportsCenter and he's like, yeah, it feels like Chris Depps really took a step back this year, which I still don't get that argument because the guy averaged over 18 a game while finishing as an elite rim protector with similar rebounding and block numbers. It's a little bit lost to me how people think taking a, a four-point-per-game leap is taking a step back while also improving his rim numbers.
1: I I, See, I my, get that I get my that maybe behind that is is health. Yeah, you know, he took a big step back in, in health. You know, he had a lot of talk about wanting to play eighty two games. Everyone kind of expected him to be able to you know continue but, his like continue his pace. He wasn't exactly healthy last season, but you know, I think it was people wanted him to be able to play out even the end of the tank or whatever and show some like some big flashes you know put up some 30 point games or something like when there's nothing to play for uh and that was kind of the disappointment that we did just didn't
0: well get. let me ask you this is it really a disappoint? is it really a disappointment based on his own individual play or is it a disappointment in comparison to carl anthony towns who took i mean he had an incredible rookie season and he took sort of a similar leap scoring-wise as Chris Stapps did. Now, Towns is far and away the best player from that draft, but Chris has looked at like a pretty close, to some degree, close second, you know? And so is it really that Chris Stapps took a step back or played worse, or is it really that Towns is now averaging over 20 a game and we want KP to take a similar leap and he just missed it?
1: it is a, it's a little bit of both. It's, uh, you know, KP... He's not he's not Carl Anthony Towns. They may play with the similar skill set, but when it comes down to it, you look at just the way they move around the court. They're very very different in the way that they work. Um you know, that being said, Everon is going to look at Carl Anthony Towns as that um you know, pillar to hold Kristaps up against. And it's not, you know, I'm I'm kind of I feel like I'm over that now. At this point, I'm just like I don't care. Like I love Towns. I think he he's. I mean, he's already a fantastic player, and I think he's just going to get better from here. But I'm not going to you know keep comparing our star player to him just because he was taken you know three spots before him. So you know it'll it'll happen. Like no, everyone develops at different paces. It's not going to. There's no set guideline for this or anything like that. It's just gonna. You know, let, well, let Chris Ops do his thing without having to deal with the, you know, Carl anthony Township on the shoulder. And I feel like everyone's going to be happier for it.
0: Well, well, yes, that's exactly it. Because that's sort of the dangerous rabbit hole you could fall down. Because um, to a different extent, look at the comparisons that always get drawn to everybody from LeBron James mm-hmm. draft class. You know, right. every, like, like Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul are always judged extremely hardly. Uh, extremely hard in comparison to LeBron because while they're still great players who have had extraordinary careers, they aren't LeBron and thus, well, LeBron got to six finals. You're telling me Carmelo couldn't get to right. one. Chris right. Paul couldn't get to one. So it becomes unfair. You start to burden these guys with expectations of other players and that's why I want to be careful with Chris Steps, because it's like there's this narrative that, and I haven't agreed with it all year. I, I felt, I pushed back a little bit on pods in our you know, text and everything else. Cause I, to me, it doesn't feel, I don't feel comfortable looking at the body of work. He's put together the stride that he took, at least in scoring. He, he took a step back. If you want to, I think a step forward, really, he averaged 18 while being an afterthought in the offense for the most part. Right. Well, they added Derek Rose who leaped him in the pecking order for scoring. So you went from having basically Carmelo and KP to Derek Rose, Carmelo and KP and he somehow put up four more points per game. So, I, I kind of think of this as a, a win. To be honest, I think it could have been worse. He could average twelve points a game this year and kind of faded out. So yeah,
1: no, totally. I think they definitely played with fire here as far as his development goes by bringing in all these you know maps to feed. Um, yeah, and some of the even some of the bench players look good in scoring for a while. You know, Billy looked good in scoring. Yeah. Um, you know, I think most of Billy's high scoring games have come when Chris Ops hasn't played. So at least that's kind of a good um a good sign that they can cover each other's slack. Um Yeah, I don't know. There's He definitely hasn't taken a step back, I would say. He I mean, defensively, I think he's only gotten better too. He just looks a little bit more comfortable out there. It's really gonna be the health factor. And you heard him talking in like um you know, post game after the Sixers win the, uh, for the last game of the season. And he was saying that, you know, he's going to live in the locker room. He's going to be there twice a day. He's really, really dedicated to getting his body up to snuff so that he can play up to the potential that he has. And, I mean, I think the playoffs would have been a nice help for him in there, too. If he did, you know, hopefully he wouldn't get hurt or anything. Um, But, you know, I'm excited to see where he goes next season. I'm not really going to judge... Yeah, him being tired at the end of the season. I'm going to judge what he can bring into next season, and that'll be the determination for how far he's taking the leap. Okay. Um. Anyway, I think we kind of we kind of made peace with Chris Stops and where we sit with him. Want to hop right into some end of season awards? Sure. So all right. So we have a couple of the traditional ones. We got MVP. We got most improved. Six man defensive. Uh. Then we threw in a couple of couple of made-up categories in here, too. I might even throw a couple extra in as we go along the way, so feel free to do the same. Um, so let's start with MVP. My vote for the Knicks' most valuable player of the season, just in terms of consistency and what he's brought to the team since he's been giving his opportunity and how well he's managed to stay on the court was a big part for me, too. So I'm going with Billy Hernan Gomez for Knicks' MVP of the... 31 win 2016-17 season
0: I mean I don't want to I don't want to like sneak too far down the list of awards that we have here but um, I I agree Willie should uh Billy should win something I, I think I'd put him under the most unexpectedly good we'll get down there and I'll make my case there but fair. my MVP, yeah. my MVP I, I think I, I don't want to get like while wow, Billy's a good one. Billy's a good one because he definitely had a strong push there towards the end. I'm going to go with Carmelo. Now, okay. it's not just play. It was the off-the-court stuff too because uh, I, as much as we all kind of wanted him traded for the long-term outlook here and, and we wanted to get some things of value, um, I found myself rooting very, very, very very hard for Carmelo in this uh Phil versus Carmelo thing so
1: oh yeah me too
0: so the way he handled it all year and he really had a really he had a really rough start to the year the the first month or so and then he just kind of caught on fire to make that all-star push so you know I I'd probably give it to him he, he really played well for the duration of the year after that first month and a half or so because he got off to the worst shooting start of his career and then after that he just took off so I'd probably give it to him because just all around play. Based on that, he didn't. He was kind of consistent after that first month or so, and then you got to deal with the off court stuff. And he was fairly consistent with that too. Just he took all, you know, kind of took everything in stride. He poked a little bit back. He didn't really uh, make waves with anything he said. He just kind of tempered things. So I, I'd probably go with Carmelo. He had to deal with a lot this year.
1: He did. He had um, to deal with more than they've ever thrown at him. And yeah, you know, he's definitely if there was an award, an award for most resilient Nick player. Uh, it would go to Carmelo Anthony this year because, like, man, goddamn, Phil. Like, how are you gonna do a guy like that? Like, you're trying to just push him right out the door at every turn you have. You haven't spoken to him all season. I mean, Mel is saying he's looking forward to getting face to face time with him in an exit interview, which so, which
0: is odd because I mean, that's that's the president GM of your right. team. You you would think you'd maybe communicate a little bit more more often, right? Or at least once during the year. But uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah.
1: So like, he's just trying. Like, you're right. Melo has had to deal with more shit than I think even a lot of players around the NBA. Even more shit than most stars in the NBA have to deal with. And, uh, like, he's gotten... What, what player can we compare him to? He's gotten, like, Andrew Bynum level of shit this season. Like, he's gotten, like just no love from anyone around every corner he's gotten like Dwight Howard like end of Orlando days kind of hate this season from the team
0: yeah I I would say Dwight's more accurate because you know like for example the all-star game was a a really good one because as soon as they announced he made the all-star team everybody piled on at about you know it was a joke he doesn't deserve it anything else which isn't exactly true. You could argue that, you know, and I argue that Bradley Beal absolutely deserved it more. He did. The Wizards are a contending team in the East. He had a phenomenal year. He stayed healthy. He was lights out. Bradley Beal should have made the all-star team, but he didn't. So Carmelo made it. And guess what? Carmelo was also deserving. At that time, the Knicks had fallen out of the playoff race a little bit, but they were still there. And he had really come on right before the All-Star game. So while he might not have been the most deserving, he was still deserving. And then everybody wants to, you know, overcomplicate things sometimes. And we do this every year, too. Because look, how many years did we complain like LaMarcus Aldridge couldn't make it? Then he started making it. Or Damian Lillard couldn't make it. Then he started making it. You know, it's right. Bradley Beal is going to make it going forward. They gave it to Carmelo. He was also deserving. It's not that big of a deal. But he got it's he gets a lot
1: of Carmelo's shit. Carmelo's last uh, All-Star vote right I mean
0: like you uh, uh, barring, barring something you know we we knock it out of the park with this draft next year and he leads a young resilient Knicks team to the playoffs yeah I, I would imagine this is the last one for him yeah
1: yeah I mean I I definitely understood the argument even on just like a less ceremonial level of giving Carmelo the uh the all-star vote but like it was just because it was Love who got hurt and couldn't make the team, right? That's why they gave it to Melo. Like, if that's all right. So you got a forward out, and you got uh, like a, you know, guy who can play like power forward mostly. You got a four out. You're not going to replace a four with with Bradley Beal. I know that's not really how the All Star game works, and everyone just kind of plays however they go. But like, I guess if you're trying to do replacement, it would make sense to me to replace him with the same position that he plays at. Find the best player who like who plays at that position and bring him in. And I think that at that time in the Eastern conference with Mello.
0: Yeah. It, it, again, I think Beal deserved it more, but uh, it, it's really, it's really not that big of a deal that Mello made it, but again, it's Mello. So, yeah. you know, every, everybody wants to be fake mad online. So.
1: All right. Let's move on. Um, most improved player on the team. Who do you got?
0: Uh, It, it's it's a tie up but i'm going to give uh i'm going to split it the way I, I think it should be split for the next award to um, i was going to go between Justin Holiday and Kyle O'Quinn. Yeah, me and, exactly i mean too. And yeah, and I, I think i think uh, we'll, we'll get to Justin Holiday but uh, Kyle O'Quinn just really came on. I mean, in such an inconsistent offense, he found like a nice little consistent offensive role for himself with those little uh, jumpers and I, I mean the the second chance points this year, the offensive rebounding. I mean, he still wasn't really great defensively, but you know, he, he's still fairly young, he's still developing and he kind of took a a nice little stride this year. So I w- I was really and I we talked about it in length, but I said some nasty things about Kyle O'Quinn to start the year and um he's uh you did friend. Yes, you I did. did. I probably got us blocked. And you know, he's been just he's been one of the bright spots this year. I have enjoyed I really enjoyed watching him play this year. I have. Yep. So Kyle Quinn. Um
1: I I gave Most Improved player to Kyle Quinn as well. <laughs> uh for all the same reasons you said, you know, it, and also just like you know, I am enjoying having him on the team. Like I really enjoy watching him guy. play. He gets fired up. He's like kind of Like, exactly what we want from Joakim Noah without going too far. Not necessarily in play, but, like, in attitude and kind of what he brings to the team. Uh, Noah's just a little too animated sometimes. and Like, oh, Quinn is, but he kind of has fun with it. So, Um, yeah, I'm giving it to him for all the same reasons. I'm not going to spend too much time on him. But do you... How comfortable at this point in time, like, moving forward, are you with a... Uh, Billy Hernan Gomez and Kyle Quinn kind of one-two punch at center. We're going to not talk about Joakim Noah right now.
0: I'm not really all that comfortable with it, to be honest. Only because, not that I don't like those two guys. I think, obviously, they're better than Joakim Noah, and I I like them more. I enjoy them more. But I worry that um, the tandem there is just too offensive-oriented. You know, Willie's going to beat you up around the basket a little bit more. And uh, Kyle O'Quinn will drag you out for some mid-range and some, you know, but there's not a lot of defense there yet. You know, Bailey's improving. He, he took a lot of strides just over the duration of this season, but mm-hmm. he's not close to being there yet. And O'Quinn, you know, he'll have a couple of big blocks at times, but, you know, he, he misses a lot of rotations or he's really poor at sealing guys off down there. And, he, I mean, so so I I'm not really comfortable with it because I think you can only do so much with what they provide offensively right now. But if they can somehow solidify that or you know Billy takes another stride then awesome, but right now I'm not super comfortable with it if yeah. I'm being honest.
1: Um I am comfortable for it if only for the reason that I mean, I don't we're not, we're not trying to win next year, are we? I don't know. Like nobody I I literally don't know what's going to happen, so if it's like let's build and develop a little bit then I love the combination. I think that's a good uh you know really solid, you know, tandem to develop. But if we're trying to win, yeah, they're they're not going to be able to to quite keep it together. Um six man of the year.
0: Uh Justin Holiday. I, I I I was pleasantly surprised. I know he was the throw in from the Derek Rose trade and um kind of an afterthought but you know he he is who he is as a player he has been for a few years he's 27 years old gonna be 28 um, he's a little bit older but he finally kind of got his shot here to play like really extended minutes and uh, I just thought he played really well I thought you know what uh, Brian Gibberman said it earlier in the year I think January that Holiday had been one of the one of the five best Knicks throughout the whole year starting or not and I agreed because he came in and he just hit his shots. He played good D, you know, which we didn't really have a lot of because Lance was injured, uh, injured for most of the year on and off. And, you know, he really stepped up. I, I really like what Justin Holiday did. I hope we can keep him around. Um, if not, you know, I hope he goes somewhere and somebody pays him a decent amount of money that he deserves. But, uh, yeah, Justin Holiday.
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, agree with that too. And I kind of want to give just a, just a ceremonial nod to, uh, Brandon Jennings for, you know, not necessarily playing like that well, but at least keeping this team exciting and, um, you know, enjoying being a Nick. You don't get that with every player that comes to the team, but some guys really, really like being a Nick, and he did. So, hats off to Jennings. Uh, hope he does well in Washington during the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I hope. I hope he just has a little bit more consistency. He had none in the regular season, so I hope. He just kind of catches fire here. Washington's fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I just like him. You know, there's players that uh, once Nick, always a Nick thing kind of grinds me up sometimes because (laughs) it just does not apply. I mean, we made a list of the worst players of the 21st century. And like there were so many names on there and so many like disagreements. like, yeah, you might always be a Nick after that, but you're not going to be liked. But Brandon Jennings is one of those Nicks who... I'm gonna like him moving forward. I liked him beforehand. I liked they played for us for a little bit. It wasn't great, but fuck it, I like the guy. So,
0: I was hoping we got one like random fifty point outburst would when say, he was here, but yeah, because so a lot but, of high
1: assist games though. He had uh, he had like over ten assists several times. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Um, okay, and defensive player of the year.
0: Oh, that's that's sort of I like know. a. That's it's sort of like a wolf kind of. Oh God! Uh, I went with Kristaps. Kristaps is. I was gonna say Kristaps is fair, kind of by
1: default. Like,
0: like uh, probably, the,
1: I think Lance Thomas is probably the best defender on the team. Um, but he just like he he wasn't on the court for a lot of the year. Like his overall defensive impact to the season wasn't that great. If you want to look at it in like you know quantity. Um, I don't know I just because Kristaps was like leading in rim protection for a while and like you know he might not have maintained but he like at least was able to uh, you know to do that and show some flashes so
0: uh, oh God alright. Uh, I think while that's a, a perfectly fine answer for this particular team I think uh, I'm just gonna go with Courtney Lee based okay. solely based solely on the consistency aspect of it
1: like he was just more consistent on the offense to me than anything else, though.
0: Yeah, he was. Defensively, though, Like the only reason I'm going to give it to him right now is because, for to discredit the Chris Depp's arguments slightly, okay. it, it was black and white wherever he was positioned because when he was positioned properly or they had him stationed around the rim, uh, for any duration of time, he was an elite rim protector. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cut and dry. That's there. However, when he was dragged out to the perimeter he was a horrendous defender. So I have to kind of consider both. Whereas Courtney Lee, I mean, he just, if there was anybody else besides, I mean, it, it really kind of comes down to those two. If we're thinking about it, those two, maybe Justin Holiday, but he didn't play as long of minutes. So and I, yeah. I
1: valued him for like his ball movement and offensive contributions more than anything. But like with Chris Stops, like, I get the, you know, not great perimeter play or whatever, but also at the same time like he's 7 foot 3, like no, I don't care how much of a stretch for you are. Like you're not going to defend all that well on the perimeter when you're this huge. Unless you can like literally stick your hand up and like sl- at, like a 15 degree angle and just block every shot the guys put up on you. But like that's not going to happen and I you know, it kind of is the same thing like if you were to drag Courtney Lee to the rim. He's not going to be that good of a defender up there, too. So I'm kind of... I'm looking at the at the stats from both sides, and I just feel like what Chris Ops provided on the rim was more beneficial to the team than any defense that any of the perimeter guys uh, contributed on the perimeter. So, yeah. I mean, it's not... We could go all day with this, but there's really no good answer to this because no, this team was 23rd in
0: defense, and even that seems kind of high. Yeah, I... I'm kind of split on it, but it'd be, yeah, or it'd be Courtney Lee or Chris I, I would go Courtney just, but it's sort of splitting hairs here. This team sucked. Right.
1: That's really, it's <laughs> all it is. There's, yeah, it's just splitting hairs. Um, All right. So that's kind of, that's kind of all we had for the standard awards. But uh, do we want to, you want to make up a couple as we go
0: along? Sure.
1: All right. So we hinted at most unexpectedly good. And you're going with Billy for that one, you were saying?
0: Yeah, only because, like, we, we didn't really know what to expect from Billy. And, you know, even once, I mean, he was kind of buried to begin the year, you know. He, he was buried on the bench. Joe Key was playing big minutes, you know, after that little minute restriction stretch. It was like him or Kyle Loquin, and that was it. We, we saw, like, one game from Billy, he'd play pretty good, and then we wouldn't see him again for, like, four or five games. So... He like Rod Baker got some chances early on because of like injuries and you know a walls and absences and other random things like that. But um, I think just kind of Billy just kind of came out of nowhere and then yeah. he he I mean the last two months that he was starting I think he averaged a double double or he was damn near close. So not that that means it's a surefire thing going forward if he had the starting job, but I mean that's kind of hard to over. Look, I think it's kind of got to be him. His whole second half of the year was just phenomenal considering the dumpster fire that this team became. So I got to give it to him. Um,
1: Yeah, agreed. A great pick. I'm going with uh, Ron Baker because as out of nowhere that Billy Hernan Gomez came from, Ron Baker came way the fuck out of nowhere. Like like Cornfields, I'm talking about, that he came from. Literally. Literally Lichita Cornfields. State. He's he's a fucking children's author. And he was <laughs> he, a book this year. Is he really a children's? Yeah, yeah. You, Your best book was it oh. You're Too Big to Dream Small.
0: Is oh, that, that's excellent. It's
1: on Amazon. Just totally check that out. Um Yeah, so we have like a children book writing, floppy haired lacrosse Mitty, who ends up outplaying Derek Rose at parts of the season and you know, is our starting point guard by the end of the, by the end of the year. He outplayed, uh, Jason Randall, not once, but twice. Um, you know, it's, he's a guy who surprisingly, and I, in no way thought I would say this at any point in the, you know, in the preseason or even like up through like maybe January. Like I, there was no point where I thought that Ron Baker would make this team next year. And now I think that it's pretty much a lock with how much we're going to have to pay him. Like or how little we have have to pay him I should say that he'll be back next year I he just he just impressed me I you know his numbers weren't great Billy's definitely took a bigger leap than he did but I just was uh, floored by how well how well Ron Baker was able to do with like what he's given
0: I, I agree to an extent I, I think he did come way the fuck out of nowhere um he did kind of take a little bit of a tailspin the last month. Oh, that's that's my only, maybe it's just recency bias, but, you know, Billy's like so strong in my mind because he had all this opportunity at the end to start and, you know, play whatever minutes he wanted to play. And um, he played well, but yeah, no, Ron, Ron's a good pick. Because uh, again, like I agree, I didn't have him making this team I wanted and pushed very hard for Chasen, and uh, he didn't make it, and I was really disappointed. And then Ron was just kind of there, and I didn't believe in Ron at all. And no, I, I he, don't think he, anybody he, legitimately did. He played uh, pretty well. I'm going to— uh, Maybe his
1: publisher believed in him.
0: Maybe his publisher. Maybe. Um, I'm going to try to use some gymnastics to not use the, uh, the white words that are typically associated with— uh, white players who are of his stature, but uh, I think he, I think he played really well given his circumstances. So
1: I think he, you know, what, he, but he fits that bill. Like he's a scrappy player. Like he, God, he's
0: so scrappy. He does the so most with the least. Come
1: on. <laughs> um, he's like. I feel like he's kind of. You know, it's. I'm making the comparison. You're saying not to, but he seems like good guy Delhi to me. He's like a nice version. He's like the the devil who won't kick you in the balls like he's just kind of you know and even if he does he'll like give you a like patch on back and be like my bad dude i needed to um or like send you like a thank you note or something that was good yeah yeah i don't know ron Ron is just uh he just he just did it for me like billy's gonna be the better player billy's probably gonna have the longer career. billy will probably stick with the knicks a lot longer than ron baker will but for this moment in time, this glimpse—this is like basically the 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 third Anchorman movie here. This is the continued story of Ron Burgundy in the form of Ron Baker. That's all I really need. That's all I really need. Um. All right. Do we have a consensus agreement on who the most disappointing player is?
0: We we are going to just say you two words him? here. Yep, you're gonna every say other Knicks fan. We're gonna say two words. We're gonna keep it moving because we've pounded this into oblivion. It is Joakim Noah, and there is nothing else that needs to be said. Except I want to just say, <laughs> 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 how bad, how bad do you have to be? We all knew that <laughs> the seventy-two million was gonna be bad. We're like, all right, that's a lot of fucking money. But how bad is it that you got to get your knee scoped out, your shoulder fixed? And you got caught using PEDs all in, like, the second half of the year after flaming out. Cuff. Yeah, I, how? Like, how? The, how did all of those things happen in, like, a six-week span? It's because he's,
1: like, hanging out with this mystery girl in, like, this mystery land. Have you seen yeah. those, those Instagram yeah. posts? Like, yeah, she's was. gorgeous by all means, and he can keep posting them. But, like, he's basically just... I... I Peyote, maybe? Ayahuasca? Something. He's on some kind of like crazy drugs down there that are making him. Like, I don't. It probably wasn't even a PED or anything like that. He's just hanging out with Phil now that he has the time. He's got the Zen Master all up in his mind. This is all speculation again, too. Don't quote me on any of this. But, you know, he's just. Uh, I think he's getting spending a little bit too much time with Phil in there and it's uh, influencing his decisions and. Yeah, it's probably just because he's not playing. He's just taking worse care of himself in all seriousness. Like it just it just seems like the injuries start piling up when guys start playing a little less and less. And, you know, I just I'm just wondering when it's going to be too much for him to recover from.
0: Yeah, no, I. I did enjoy prime Joakim Noah. We have said this, both of us, various times,
1: but Joakim Noah was great, like. I didn't but he that. sucks. The problem with Joachim Noah this year is that no one thought he was going to be good coming into the season. Like, no, and then he was worse. I know that's that's the whole thing. Like, that's why he's most disappointing. It's not because like he was bad. Like, I think everyone knew he was going to be bad.
0: We knew he'd be bad, We're and like, he was worse. No one worse. was
1: excited about this, but he shattered the floor.
0: He just like, oh my god, that's that's the worst. I think the, that's why he's got to be up there for like worst Nick of all time because we had no expectations other than he'd be awful. Not even bad. We're like, wow, this is going to be horrible. I didn't
1: think he was going to play 30 minutes a game. Like, I, I legitimately thought that he would have a year or two left as a starting center and then immediately go to the bench for Chris Stops at the five. Then, you know, that was the original plan, right?
0: This was such a spectacular flameout of the likes. I don't think it, – because it's so mixed. Like, every time you think that there is no – more nixing to be done like every time you think that they've kind of capped it maxed out they have no more methods to be nixy they find a way they just to nix be, you harder they just nix you harder it's incredible it's, it really yeah, is my God. but let's let's move on from joking Dova yeah. please do you have any uh,
1: any other end of season awards you can think of let's see <sighs> who, I, who is the hmm I mean, I was trying to think of, like most incompetent front office guy, but I mean,
0: and we don't. That's just a, it's a just revolving a door of misery.
1: That's Yeah, no brainer. Um, do you have any any James Dolan predictions for next season, or he's gonna suck off season? Well, like yeah, I, like this is this is a quite the intense season for uh, for James Dolan. Like he's been. A dick, and by all means, just like a terrible owner for you know years and years and years now. But this season was spectacular. I mean, he just he fucked up Charles Oakley, he like he's messing with Mello, he's all he's like messing with every like every little thing that Knicks players hold like pure. He's calling guys assholes like he's literally just calling the fan base an asshole at this point. He's like, "Nah, I don't care. I'm just going to you know keep getting my money and keep on selling out Madison Square Garden." I mean, like there really is no solution to this this problem, but I don't know. At least we can get some entertainment out of it. I wonder what he does next.
0: I I kind of hope it just keeps uh picking up like this. I hope it gets worse to be honest with you because the, the only – it's so sad that the only saving grace that I can envision for this team is that he becomes so trem- – like he's going to mess up one time so badly that Adam Silver has to step in. And at least he's on Adam Silver's radar because he had to jump in for the Oakley thing. Mm-hmm. So – and then uh, the that's, next it, time – Yep. And the next time he called the fan an asshole, remember, Adam Silver had to say publicly or whatever. They had to get something from saying that Adam Silver was not going to intervene with that situation. So – in the past he would just kind of do whatever and then it was James Dolan, it was his house, he did what he wanted. But now this is two incidents in a row where one time Silver was consulted and one time he chose not to step in. So it's sort of encouraging to me that Silver is now always watching Big Brothery. Like it's it's kind of nice. Right. He's on his face. Like it's gonna happen. So so I'm I can only hope that Dolan maybe that's why he's acting up now. Maybe he knows that he's under watch and he doesn't like it. You don't know. But I I hope that I really honest to God, I hope things get so, so awful in the next couple of years that silver forces him out or that. that, Yeah, that's all
1: I have. Skeleton in the closet or something. By the way, uh, that fan who uh, who Dolan called an asshole a couple of weeks ago, uh, his name's Mike Hammersky. I just want to throw him a shout out because he's a longtime Knicks Wall reader. And, uh, you know. It's really taking one for the team here and uh, starting to progress this uh, this Dolan dialogue a little bit. So, thanks for another strike on his record, Mike, and thanks for checking out what we do. Yep. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, let's uh let's talk about the off season here. So what what do you want to do? You want to rebuild, right? You don't wanna you don't want to go for win now. That would be a bad move. There is no wind now. There is no wind yeah. now. No, There's no window.
0: I, There's no the I keep, is the floor. Yeah, this the ceiling is the the metaphorical floor. And I, I want uh, I want everybody gone. I, I just want uh Chris Apps, Billy, uh Courtney Lee. If we can somehow keep holiday for cheap, holiday. I think we still have O'Quinn on contract, dirt cheap contract. Sure, we can keep him. He's a solid piece. And I just want Everyone else out. I really do. And, um, you got to
1: keep Lance Thomas. He's around for a
0: while. Oh, I do like Lance. Yeah, he's I, a, I want Lance. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a cheap he, deal.
1: He's Yeah, he's not bad. He's guaranteed through 2019 at like $7 a that's, year. That's
0: fine. Yeah. That's, but that's a guy, I mean, we talked about it before. He, he's a nice vet to have on with yeah. everything he's been through. So that, that's a guy I'd want around KP yeah, and play Philly. Lots, but, yeah. So, um, I'd, so that's, that's a good base, I think. And uh, from there... Just vets. Uh, I mean, sorry, just rookies. I mean, we have uh, the vets we need, I think. And just... just I don't know. Even Melo. Melo's been a solid vet, all things considered. He's only here for the next year at max, I'm, I'm guessing. So, if he's well, not shipped out before the summer, but... Let's talk about that. What is he gone? I don't think so.
1: I I think he's gone. I don't I, know to c- where I
0: haven't looked at all quite yet, but... Be, because I, to me, he still has to waive the clause. And I think when teams were going to press for him more would have been at the trade deadline. That's usually when contending teams are going to take that big swing. Like for example, the Raptors, the Raptors just started chucking everything at people. They got Serge Ibaka, they got PJ Tucker, they're swinging for the fences. So they didn't really care what they gave up because they wanted to try to win now. And I think, in the draft, you're not going to really see that same kind of urgency from teams that Melo would waive the clause for. See, That's where my concern is.
1: I'm thinking that the situation changes a little bit from where it was over the trade deadline because Melo's got so he's got three years. He's got two years on this contract, right? He's got the early termination option in you know 2018, uh, but I'm sure he will pick that up. Um, to me. That signals that he thinks he at least has two good, two prime years left. um, And then, you know, wh- whatever that means right now, I think he still thinks he's got two highly competitive years left in him, at least, and then still some years of good basketball ahead of him after that. I'm starting to think that he might want to take a look at a team uh, because, you know, it's going to be hard to facilitate a deal with this contract, and there's only so many teams that can really take him on or has the pieces that the Knicks are going to want. So I'm thinking that he might kinda take all that into perspective and say, you know what? Team X is looks like they're pretty close. Like it's not one of the teams I wanted to go play for. It's not the Clippers. It's not the uh you know, it's not the Cavs. But they look good. They could use a piece like me and I wanna go supplement that. You know, it would give him a chance to take on a bigger role on, you know, a developing team and kind of be probably more in the spotlight in some of these areas. Like, I don't quite know where it might be, but it could be somewhere like I don't know, like Milwaukee or something like that. Or, you know, if he can find a way into like Minnesota, cause they have so many cheap contracts or something like, I just think he might open his uh, perspective up a little bit to where he might have the best chance to win. And we can, we'll see how that all pans out after the playoffs are over.
0: Yeah. I just, it always comes down to the, the trade cost for me that that's what I worry about the most. And I feel like if he didn't move it now, when, you know, for example, like love got injured and he, We'll eventually find out what – because this is what always happens. We always hear the reports first, the rumors first. Then, like, in the summer, we find out, like, the real details about the real stories about what happened. So I I just feel like if he was – I believe that there were other offers from those contending teams. We'll find those out eventually if there were any. But um, I feel like if he was going to waive it, it would have been before this trade deadline, and he would have just got in with a different team and kept it moving. But that's – I just – Maybe in the middle of the next season. I just I I don't feel it happening in the summertime. Only because that's draft season, and I can't see.
1: I'm just I'm so on the opposite end of that spectrum, in my opinion. I am like I feel like the best time for him to be moved in the time when teams will be most hungry for him is going to be the summertime. Yeah, you know, Melo is not a player you can plug in in the middle of a season and then go with. It's not going to work out for everyone. He's the kind of a guy that you gotta pick up at the in the off season. You gotta work him in a little bit. You gotta kind of build around him a little bit or shuffle the deck a little bit around him. And that's just yeah. so much easier to do in the off season. Plus, you have teams with a lot more salary cap availability and like teams with like a little bit more direction with how they think that they're um, how they're gonna go the next year. So I just I have a very strong feeling that he will be moved this off season.
0: It's fair
1: um what else though what what's the uh the knicks have the is it the seventh worst record now or are they
0: they have the seventh worst record uh well tied it? for tied for sixth with um sorry tied for seventh i think with uh minnesota Oof, that guy it. and it's it's, yeah, it's it's a coin flip which whatever but yeah. i I'd, I'd like to imagine we're not gonna be seventh you know I, i'd like to think we're we'll fifth or sixth or even fourth. I don't think top three, despite the chances, I don't think top three no. is, is going to happen. You never know. You honestly never know. But
1: I'm going to sit I, the lottery right now and take the phone.
0: All I'm saying is, and you can't convince me otherwise, especially Bailey and Brendan, I want De'Aaron Fox. I want De'Aaron Fox. Okay. I just... That's the guy. I think he's a two-way guy he plays incredible d he's long he's a freak athlete he gets to the rim at will he's a great free throw shooter mid-range he's okay three he needs work but apparently college scouts think that uh free uh, free point free throw shooting is a better indicator of a three point shooting and that's why i'm sold i have blind faith i saw him wreck lonzo ball that was one game you can uh take my argument apart if you want to However, I want De'Aaron Fox. I'm sold. I'm in love. Cool.
1: I mean, I I just don't know enough college and scouting like to say they need to go with this guy over the other. I'm just like best player available is fine by me. I think we're gonna, also true. I think we're gonna also need true. a one. I think we're gonna need a three or some kind of combo players that can you know feel comfortable with those positions. But I mean, best player available. We don't have, we don't have much to be picky about right now. As long as it's not like a, a center,
0: then we're well, we need we need guards. We need a guard uh, a guard first. That would be you ideal. Go, yeah. You, you try to go best guard available, and if for some stri- if, well, if we get eighth or ninth by some straight, can we finish worse than seventh, or is it just our chances ahead of seventh? Um, if we can finish worse than seventh. Yeah. But it's like no worse than there's like a number like eight or nine or something like that. I don't know off the top of my
1: head, but yeah, it, it's like the. I think uh, they still have odds of like falling to the bottom of the lottery, even if they wanted to. But it's like, um, it's just the the chances of that happening are so 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 slim.
0: Yeah, I I just uh you know barring a crazy scenario where they fall way to the back, I'll knock on wood. But uh, but I just yeah, I'd like a guard or be, you know worst case scenario best player available. But I I really. I need to be excited about a guard for once. I really do. I need to I be excited to about a guard. You I, know, we I don't
1: love a guard more than anything, but like if it's between you know, a a guard that I'm feeling kind of shaky about or might not work with exactly what we're doing, or like you know, like a a larger guard or like more of a scoring guard or a three, um who looks a little bit better or a little bit more athletic, maybe a little bit better defensively, then I'd probably I'd be okay with going with that, that three or yeah, that small forward. Maybe a larger shooting guard, like who's exclusively a scoring guard, but I don't know. I'm still just whatever the best player available is. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna sim this lottery real quick and see where we end up. And seventh pick.
0: Just one more one more time.
1: Lakers yep. got number one, Philly's got number two. It's fake news. Phoenix at three. Uh the Brooklyn Boston pick at four. Orlando, Minnesota, New York, Sacramento. Pretty much all stays in order after that. Okay. Yeah, so, I don't know I am of the opinion of get the best player available. I'm pretty much thinking that for just about every position. Like if we could re-sign Justin Holiday, then I'd be really happy about that. And I think Justin Holiday and Courtney Lee I'd be I'd feel good about for another but, year as a 2 guard rotation. It,
0: it, if Monk was there, I would still it- even with yeah. those guys being there you know Holiday and Lee they are a little bit older like if you really intend to do a, a rebuild or you just go with the best guys available and you figure it out like yeah. who's uh who's the forward that uh Bailey always talks about is it Jackson
1: uh yeah he's big he's big on Josh
0: Jackson. so so i think i think uh you know Jackson would be not, i mean he's a 3 but then again Melo's going to leave right I, I, that's why i'm cool I, I feel with like, that. like yeah i feel like we can't go wrong to be honest i think as long as we're we're in the top 10 i think this is such a deep top 10 i think we have a, a pretty decent chance of finishing a little higher, and right, and that's
1: I, where it gets kind of tricky too. I'm is, okay with it. Is like there's, it is a deep draft, but like when you're drafting towards the end of the lottery, you still got to be careful with it. You still got to make sure you're not, you know, all the surefire guys will probably be taken by then. And if there's one or two available, regardless of their position, as long as they're not like a center, I say go for it. Yeah. Um yeah what about free agency any uh any guys burning for you
0: it 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 mostly depends on the draft I think um mm-hmm. depends what we get in the draft because you know if, if we if we get a wing or we, we get a, a a monk and not a point guard you know then I'm gonna keep pining for Drew Holiday uh but I mean that's that's kind of been the guy I've wanted since the beginning I wanted Drew Holiday that's kind of that seemed to be like the most realistic guy that we could throw a bunch of money at, and he would take it and play alongside some young guys. I I still want Drew Holiday. I I hope more so that we draft a a top flight point guard in this draft, but I really like Drew. Drew's still youngish. He's had his injury problems, but he does a lot of things well. I would still love Drew Holiday, all things considered.
1: I think the chances of him leaving are pretty good too. I mean, I, we'll I see. would hope so. We'll see how the. Uh... You know, the New Orleans thing ends up panning out a little bit. They have kind of, I think, started to get a little bit more comfortable together in the last few games. So that's probably uh, bodes well for him staying. But I, I don't think it's ruled out that he's just going to automatically resign there. I still feel good about Patty Mills.
0: I like Patty Mills. And I think he'd be good to have even for a rookie, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. He could, I feel like he's a guy who'd be comfortable
1: starting or coming off the bench.
0: He comes from the right culture, too. I think that, that'd be a good that'd be a good culture signing that'd be a good uh plug and play guy too i i i would i'd be very open to patty just just guards in the draft guards and in free agency guards get me some good guards that that's what we need it'd be refreshing would you would you sign george hill to a long-term contract what's long-term like four or more years no yeah Four I'd years. sign him to no I would sound like a three-year deal I think a three-year deal is very fair
1: yeah but He's, I feel like the, his market someone's gonna give him a four-year deal so, someone a four-year, will but I, I obnoxiously large contract it'll be like but, a Noah type contract I think
0: yeah but I mean that's what that's what I was hoping that Phil was shying away from because remember all his deals were either like Courtney Lee he got as a as a pretty good contract you know mm-hmm. uh, a, a Flalo that a Flalo signing was a pretty good deal considering it was a one-in-one that he ended up leaving and um Robin Lopez's deal is obviously the one we talk about the most. That was a nice, flexible deal. So I think Phil's done a good job with certain contracts that aren't Joe Key Noah's. So, I mean, that's a sort of gigantic thing to try to ignore, but whatever. So I'd hope that he kind of keeps that reasonable outlook going into this free agency if, you know, we don't really land much in the draft or whatever. Um, I'd like to just be, unless it's like Drew Holiday, who's a little younger, I'd like to see that same... Mindset. Just if if you got to offer like a three year deal to George Hill, maybe do an option for the fourth year, something like that, an early termination. I I don't know, but something like that could be reasonable. I don't want to do another four year guaranteed for a guy in his thirties. I think that's as much as I like George Hill, George Hill is awesome. He's a great player on both ends. And I think he's going to age well. That's the other thing. He kind of plays controlled. He doesn't, he's not a freak athlete. He's not dependent on that, but he shoots the ball. Well, he plays good D. Um, yeah i I'd, I'd very much enjoy george hill i just hope we get a reasonable deal if anything
1: yep um so i think that's basically it's just best guards we can get uh in free agency and then just you know a couple other guys to fill in the gaps um what about rookies to keep around are we i think it's ron baker probably would you keep chasing randall
0: Being honest, based on what we saw, no. I mean, he had a lot of opportunities, and I really, and I've been rooting for him too. But Mm. uh, based on what we saw, he had a lot of chances at the end, and he just didn't really impress me. He's not, he's not terrible. I, I'd probably give him another chance, Mm. but I think there's between this draft and free agency, I think we can probably plug that up a little bit better.
1: Yeah, my thinking is that he, you know, I mean, I don't know if he fits into the team's long-term plans, but he's just, you know, he never had consistency throughout the season. You know, he played in Westchester for a while, and they played for the Sixers for a bit, and then he went back to Westchester or signed with us or whatever it was. And he's just been up and down all over the place. So I can ama- I can see him being just tired by the end of the year, and that's kind of why he didn't uh, quite meet expectations when he came back to the team. But I would it would have to be like a two way kind of deal. I don't know if they've, those start this season or not. The uh, those new D League contracts, but um, you know, it'd have to be, it would have to be under the assumption that he would play for both Westchester and the Knicks in probably limited minutes, but I would give him a second chance.
0: Yeah. I think he deserves another, uh, another shake here, but I, I was a little bit disappointed because I, I really wanted him to do well and I didn't see what I thought we'd see from him. So he gets, tra- I think he'll
1: get a training camp with us at least. I mean,
0: yeah, I think, I think he'll get a training camp. He'll probably be back through, um, preseason as, as well, I'd imagine. Um, you know, we'll we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, who else are rookies? Endor? No. Yeah,
0: I don't really. No, really not, not, a, year. not at all. He, he's a great athlete, but there's nothing, there's nothing there. Um, Plumley. No. Yeah, nothing. He, he, he's just another big. I mean, he, he's one of those typical seven-footers or, you know, will always find a job kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's what he is. What he is, he's a seven footer. He's a good athlete. He'll bruise you a little bit, h- foul you kind of hard, you know. Get a couple of boards, but he's not he's not anything else b- above that. This is kind of the ceiling for him.
1: Yep. Is that everyone?
0: Kuz 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 is Kuz is still signed though, right? Yeah, I think he has a guaranteed deal, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. So, okay. Um. I mean, that's cool. So, yeah, I guess that's... I would basically just keep Ron Baker. I would give um, give Randall probably, like, through training camp or something, to show us something, and... Or, like, through the preseason, to show us something. And, yeah, that's basically... Those are the... And Kuz is sticking around. I, I, I like Kuz sticking around, though, too. Especially if Melo ends up walking, like... Um, yeah, but that's about it. Um... Oh, we have the burning question of Derrick Rose.
0: It's—I've tried to be reasonable about Derrick Rose the whole year. As you know, you know, I understand the off-court issues, and people can feel about him however they want to feel about him as a person. On the court, while he was, a, you know, just atrocious defensively, he did a lot of good things offensively. Mm. That's it's scoring. You know, you can say what you want about the assist too, but scoring, he was efficient he was good he we haven't had a guy to get to the rim like that in a while and it was a different dimension to the offense um he was good offensively that's kind of what it comes down to scoring wise he was efficient and I, I wouldn't want him though i mean that's sort of what it comes down to and you know if you told me he'd average 17 4 and 4 for the next four years if he was you know you know that that'd be nice but i mean he, who wouldn't want that that's actually pretty good it's mm-hmm. pretty damn good the problem is, and again, you can get by with guys like that because the Celtics figured it out for Isaiah Thomas. You surround them with the right defensive players because, remember, Isaiah Thomas is the worst defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. The worst. So, And he gets all kinds of notice because he's good offensively. So my point is is that it could work. Okay. The reason it won't is because why did he miss the last month of the season? Yeah. Because he was injured. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't sign him. He's still going to look for a max. Someone's going to give him a bunch of money. Yeah. And I hope it's not us because I don't think he, I don't think he gets his max. So I don't think he's going to get a max, but he's going to get a lot somewhere because 17, four and four speaks for itself. And he was efficient offensively. There's, there's more of a need for offense in today's NBA than defense. Unfortunately, you need to be able to keep up. You need to defense will still matter more in the playoffs and whatnot, but you need to be able to score. You need, you really, really need to be able to score and he can do that. So, Someone's going to pay him. I hope it's not us. And a lot of it off the court issues aside, a lot of it comes down to, uh, you know, just injuries. I mean, we're worried about any kind of injuries. And then he has the the meniscus again. And it's like mm-hmm. the last thing we'd want is another knee injury. And meniscus is small. It's small. Yep. It's this really isn't it shouldn't be a big deal. It's a big deal because he's already had a meniscus tear and the those ACL. Knees, those
1: and, knees can take a lot of shit, apparently.
0: Yeah, so it's, you know, that, that just no. Just please no and just let's move on. You know, he, he had a productive year. I'm sure he's going to get paid from someone, but please don't be us.
1: Rose is going to be in a wheelchair and still looking for a max contract.
0: I, too, am looking for a max contract. Yeah,
1: me, too. Um, All right. Last couple of little things here. What do we what do we think about the rest of the east? Is there who who do you think the Knicks have the best chance of knocking off in the next couple of years? Like who do you think opens up the door for them to walk through?
0: Um if we're just kind of speaking about time, I'd probably go with the the Cavaliers. That's a good point. I kind of we, think of that too. Just because like the Celtics are young and kind of on the come up, right? They're still flexible. They everybody's cheap. Everybody's kind of, you know, replaceable if need be. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to kind of remain young and flexible going forward for the foreseeable future. You know, the the Wizards, their core is pretty young with yep. Wall and Beal. I imagine they're going to keep those guys around together. I think so. so they're pretty young. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Um, the Raptors might fall out, in my opinion. The, the Raptors might. I they think. Might flame out. I, I think. I think Lowry is going to stay, and I think. Lowry and DeRozan, I mean, he's this is the best he's ever been in his career is with the Raptors. He's really made a name for himself. Like, like when I look back, he floated around a while, but when you look back on his career, I think you're going to look back on him as a Raptor. And, you know, I, oh, think, I think he's, think so well. yeah, yeah, he's going to stay there for the long run. I think that's where he'll finish his career. But that being said, him and DeRozan, DeRozan's still kind of young. He's entering his prime in his prime. I don't think they're going to really go far for the next four or five years. Cause that's how I'm looking at it. Mm. I think the, the team that really makes the most sense. Cause you know, the bottom half of the, the playoff teams are always a mixture of sorts. I think the Cavs, just cause they're going to get old, you know, love's going to get yeah. a little older. Bron, LeBron's already what? 33. Uh, I, I just think, yeah, I, I think in four or five years time, I, I think the obvious answer would be Cleveland. Cause all they'd have is Kyrie building around a new phase, a new generation for them. So,
1: yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, I think the other most likely uh, people will drop out is like the Bulls. Probably won't get their shit together. I don't think. Uh, they're, they're, the,
0: bull, the Bulls are just a more competent version of the Knicks. Yeah.
1: Um, I think the Hawks will probably fall out pretty soon too, unless they make a big uh, unless they make a big change around there. They can only keep this going for so long. And then uh, it, Haw- in Hawks Indiana, is a good Indiana is kind of a wild card. It kind of depends on how their players end up going,
0: but. And if they keep Paul George, because apparently he's got a foot out the door. Right.
1: That's what I mean. Like, you know, how good Miles Turner gets, how many good pieces they can put around him, Paul George, like if Paul George even bothers saying like, there's a lot of questions there. So they're kind of, they're kind of deuces wild there.
0: You don't believe in the reincarnation of Born Ready? (sighs) No, I don't believe
1: in the reincarnation of Born Ready. (laughs) Give me a break.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. We got anything else? um oh uh the ask tkw
1: yeah so i kind of was just looking through a bunch of those and we kind of we covered most of these questions already so thanks for everyone to uh for writing it to the uh hashtag ask tkw on twitter Uh, thank you yvonne yeah yvonne like honestly i hope that you listen to the podcast too because you've just been killing it on like facebook and twitter for us and we're giving you like a solid shout out here
0: uh, can they rig the lottery again? From Turner Sportsnet, uh, doubtful. Uh, you, the frozen envelopes are gone. I, I think that's uh, not a thing anymore. So yeah, doubtful. You never know. I mean,
1: now that we have, if we had David Stern, maybe, but uh, you know, with Silver and his, uh, you know, trying to be fair rules, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: It's a crock of shit. It's a crack. Of um, at Troy Tag. Who do you prefer if we are picking six? We went yeah, over it, about but this, yeah, yep. Yeah, j- just to quickly, I say Fox. Uh, we gotta we gotta do a little more. We're gonna have a a, dra- a special draft pod, a couple of them. So we'll go over that more in depth. But I, I like Fox at the moment, so and this,
1: uh, this one I like. This can be the uh, the last one here. But yep, should the Knicks consider uh, changing their assistant coaching staff? Should uh, someone who could be their Tom Thibodeau for D? That's big because. Kurt Rambis is at right now, and Kurt Rambis is—I I don't want to talk about Kurt Rambis. Um, he can go. He can go. He, like, who else is on the assistant coaching staff that's really worth anything? Anyway, bring back Herb Williams.
0: Yes, please, please. Herb was there for like for like sixteen coaching regimes. Yeah. Please bring back Herb. He is the the mainstay. He's the man. Um. Yeah, so, I, I, I don't know. I just think maybe, maybe just not Kurt Rambis. Yeah, is probably I'm the right to think answer. Of anyone who
1: might be like available. The problem is like no coaches have gotten fired this year. Literally, no head coaches have gotten fired. So there's not a ton of guys that you can like think to look at and be like, he might not grab an assistant coaching. Jo- uh, he might not grab another head coaching job for a while, but maybe he'll come be an associate head coach with the team and run defense or something like that. You know, like. There's usually, it's usually another kind of head coach guy who comes in or like some up and coming assistant coach who can take that role. But off the top of my head, I really can't think of anybody. And I mean, even if you wanted Ewing, he's locked up now. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. So I, you know, I would like that. I think that's really beneficial, especially just bringing, getting Rambus out of there and bringing someone in to replace him. But, um, you know, that's, that's just going to have to be a wait and see kind of thing.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Cool. Well, I guess that does it for our end of the regular season TKW podcast. Thanks to everyone yep. for listening all year long. That's yeah. That was really cool of y'all. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we got more. This isn't the end, uh, for Kyle and I for a while, we got a long, healthy relationship ahead of us. And, uh, we're going to be, don't tell your fiance. I said that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not
1: yeah we got a lot of stuff coming up for like, yeah, around the draft, around the lottery um, some off season things so stay tuned we'll be back real soon um, and yeah thanks again everyone for listening, final plugs here you can follow the Knicks wall at the Knicks wall you can follow me on twitter at wish I was Corbo and Kyle is at MaggioNBA NBA. So yeah,
0: thanks again, everyone. And I'll talk to you later, Joe. All right, take it easy, brother.